Let's open our Bibles up to John chapter 5. You guys doing good today? Everybody doing good? I feel really good. I feel really good. I feel like something's going to happen, though. I feel like a rumbling. I don't know how else to say that, but, but I'm excited for what that is. Oh, John chapter 5. Let's start out. We'll read it in, uh, in verse 1. There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. You know, we see in Jesus' ministry as he walked the face of this earth, uh, during those three and a half years where he was, you know, preaching the good news of who he was and he had come to save the lost, that in addition to him speaking about him being the Messiah and the Son of God and him being the way to salvation, that ultimately what we see as much as anything else his ministry marked by were demonstrations of healing. Healing both physically and emotionally that were sort of on top of this idea of the spiritual healing that he had come forth to bring for all of mankind. And it's interesting that Jesus uses this method of healing people wherever he went in so many different ways to really just kind of bring forth and pave the way for the message of who he was, of the Messiah, and, and that people were able to be set free from all kinds of earthly bondages and earthly oppressions in addition to receiving this message of saving grace. And so I just, I stop right there and say that we've got to take note that part of the atmosphere of a move of God, of, of Jesus, of us seeing people one to heaven, of souls being saved, right? Part of the atmosphere of that that we can dip, learn from Jesus' uh, example is that there's also a lot of types of healing that are taking place during those times and during those moments, right? And, and healings of all different kinds, both physical and emotional. So let's, to me, this little story right here in John chapter 5 of the man at the pool of Bethesda really is a small picture of a greater 
scene that God has been wanting to do ever since he came forth and did the work on the cross. That in, in times of society, all throughout the years, that we're contending for God to move by his power and us to see multitudes won to the kingdom of heaven through the receiving of Jesus Christ. But that we also are, are watching that happen in an atmosphere and in a time where healings are just happening all all over the place. Amen? Physical, emotional, all kinds of healing. Because that's what's so awesome is that Jesus comes and he doesn't just come and bring the message of salvation. He does that with a whole bunch of other awesome things along the way that we experience while we're here on this earth as well, right? And so when we look at what's going on, first of all, the people that are gathering around this pool, okay, it's it, this pool that they call Bethesda, which interestingly enough means a house of outpouring. And so the people that are in the city, they're coming to this pool day after day after day after day looking for some kind of outpouring that is going to bring them the healing that they desperately need in their lives, whatever that may be. And what we have is we have a whole group, a whole variety of people that really represent society as a whole, all gathered around this pool, hoping, hoping that today is going to be their day. But what they know and what they understand when they come to this place, based on the belief here, that we see according to the, the writings of John, is that only one person is actually going to be able to walk away healed. And everybody else is going to walk away disappointed, hoping that maybe tomorrow will be their day. Right? And that's what's going on. You see here, it's, it's a multitude of people. We've got the blind, the lame, the sick, and the paralyzed. Now, that means a lot of things when you begin to study the words there in the Greek that are used for those adjectives of people, of, of their condition. You know, when we look at sick people, it's not just talking about sick people physically. It actually means people that are sick morally or that are sick emotionally, right? That are suffering from different kinds of things that aren't even just physical. When we look at the, the word blind, it doesn't just mean people that physically can't see. It means people that can't see the truth. It means people that can't see God in the situations that they're facing. When we look at the word lame, that basically means in the Greek someone who is impotent or incapable of performing as they are really meant to perform, right? Somebody that is essentially crippled, that the, the things that God has made them and created them to do are, have been compromised by this condition or this state that they find themselves in. And then paralyzed just means someone who is incapable of moving forward and, and following out the things that God would have for them in addition to just someone who is physically paralyzed. And so all these people in all these different conditions are all coming every day. Think about this, day after day after day, hoping that they're going to be the one to get into the pool first and that they're going to be the one to get healed. Now, if you think about just simple mathematics here, you know that more people are getting sick and more people are falling under conditions 
on a daily basis than the number of people that are actually getting saved, right, or getting healed. That one, if one person walks away free from their condition and their illness, there's a whole lot more people that have fallen under different kinds of conditions and ailments. And let me just say to that, that that's not the way God intends to operate in our society. That's not the way God intends to operate in our lives, right? I mean, the, the, the people that are suffering and hurting and being oppressed growing faster than the people that are being healed, that are being delivered, that are being set free, that's not the God that I serve. That's not the, that's not the, the thing that Jesus came to do to set us free from. That's not the way he intends to move in that time or in this time today. Amen? God wants to see multitudes being set free and saved and won to the kingdom. Most certainly larger numbers and faster in that direction than in the opposite. Amen? And so what, what do we have to look at to see is going on here to maybe get a picture of how Jesus can change the situation, how he can redefine our view and our mentality and the way we look at our healing and our deliverance on the way he goes about this whole situation. He goes up to the man and he says, he says, uh, uh, do you want to be made well? And the man's response is, sir, I have no man to put me into the water when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now listen, this is just, I mean, this is crazy, but this is the reality of the way people are, are looking at the situation, right? I hope I can be the one to get there first. But listen to what he's saying. He's saying, sir, I'd love to get healed. Yeah, I'd love to be made well. The problem is, right, the, the excuse is, I don't have anyone to pick me up and toss me in there or to help me down. And listen, we laugh at that. I, I do too. <laughs> but the reality is, is that that is what happens as the condition stays the same day after day after day. And our hope and our belief for something to happen just kind of starts dwindling down more and more and more. I mean, this guy's probably, he's 38 years he's in this situation. 38 years. I wonder if he really ever even thought he was going to get healed on the end of this part where he's walking down. He's probably just like, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I'm going today because it's, you know, the only thing I can do. What happens is that people's ailments that they suffer from in the world, they begin to almost define the way that they live, right? Everything about their daily lives is built around this ailment and this oppression. I can't do this because I've got this. I can't do that. So all I can really do is go to the pool and hope that maybe today is going to be my day. Knowing that if they actually did get healed, that this life of 38 years that they have now built, these routines, these habits, these ways of looking at things would change completely in every way. And he says to the man, do you want to be healed? I think what he's also saying is, are you really ready for what's about to happen? Because you've been living in this way for 38 years. You've been walking down this road hopeless every single day. 
You've been dragging yourself up here, not even believing that anything's going to change. You already know what the next five days and 10 days and 30 days, you already know what you're going to be doing because it revolves around this ailment and this condition that you find yourself in. But look, I've come today with a different source of power. I've come today with a different means of healing. And what I'm asking you is, do you really want to be made well? Do you really understand that the life you've been living for this long is going to totally change forever the moment you receive what I came to bring you? Amen. And this man has no idea what's about ready to happen. And, and listen, all of the other people in the, in the area, all the other people that are gathered around this pool are no different. Many of them, it doesn't say this specifically, but you know many of them have been coming down here for days, weeks, months, and years, hoping that today is their day. We've got a whole society of people, a whole representation of society that are all marginalized in the life that God has created them to live. And the things that God is wanting to do through them while they're walking on this earth. God doesn't want all these people to be walking back and forth to this pool day after day for years of their life, disappointed, defeated, and hopeless, not doing anything else with the time that they have. And I would say, look, that's one of the most important things that I have found that helps build the atmosphere of faith for the healing that God wants to bring is that I get a grasp and a revelation and a, a, just a faith for the fact that God doesn't want me to live that way. God doesn't want people to live that way. He doesn't intend for people to be living less than whole, less, you know, marginalized in the things that they're doing for him on a daily basis, right? And so I think about it, it's almost like the way people are looking at healing right here. It's almost like a lottery. It's almost like a lottery, hoping that they're going to be the one to get in there first. You know, we're coming up to Thanksgiving, and some of you know a little bit about Black Friday, Right? Who would be? Come on, raise your hand. Who goes? It's not sin. I'm just, who's, who goes out on Black Friday? Okay. I, I want no part of that for myself. I, no. But it's amazing that, and it, it's like the time just keeps getting back for, it's going to be like Black Thanksgiving soon. I mean, it's almost already to midnight now, isn't it? They open it on midnight. It is Thursday. That's ridiculous. That's a sin. That is wrong. No. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, that's recorded. So I, I don't think that that's a sin. So, so these lines, they just, they, they back up into the parking lot, right? And the time that they're actually going to open the doors when they're going to let people in. And I mean, these, look, these stores are brilliant, right? We've got five big screen TVs, 55 inch, and you can get it for $299 if you don't get trampled along the way, right? I mean, they know what they're doing. And believe me, they can afford, they can afford to give 50 of them away for free after all the, the, the cattle gates open and the people come pouring in, right? But look, everybody's standing outside these doors hoping that they're going to be the first one to the item that they want to buy. 
hoping that they could somehow make it through the aisles, get around the people, avoid getting trampled, and lay their hand on the thing that they desire and that they get to say they were the first one and then they claim it. I've even heard of stories this last year. There was a lady that literally like, it was a lady or a man, but they got into like a fight with the worker. I think it was Walmart. They were like trying to tell them they couldn't have one or it was like they were out. And they anyway, this big like argument erupted and they got in. There was a physical altercation with the worker of Walmart. I think that's when you know it's gone a little too far. Hopefully nobody in here is resorting to physical uh, strategy and stuff. But look, this is a lot like how these people are sitting around this pool waiting for the moment where they can try to be the first one to get rushed in so that they can get their healing. And what does Jesus do? He just completely redefines the way that we look at healing here. I think he says, look, turn away from the pool of false hope. Turn away from this method and this approach that you've been coming to day after day after day. Listen, do you want to be made well? And the man spouts off an excuse. Well, I, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. He says, look, rise up, pick up your bed and walk. And the man's life is changed forever. And then Jesus just walks away. He just departs. And I think there's something really powerful in that right there that Jesus is saying, look, you don't have to spend all your time, all your effort and all your energy hoping in something that's not really going to come to pass. All I have to do is say the word. All I have to do is stretch out my hand and you're gonna be made well, and you're gonna be made right and whole, and you're gonna be healed. And on top of that, you're gonna pick up the bed, and you're gonna hold it that you came walking in here on, or that you got carried in here on, right? There's a lot of things that we as people in our lives allow to put us on our backs that we allow to come in and begin to oppress us or be able to hold us down or be able to keep us marginalized from really walking forward in the way that God has called us to as whole, strong, healthy, full of faith type of people. And it'll happen to anyone that allows it to begin to creep in and build upon them. But Jesus is saying, listen, there's not some real complicated answer here. This isn't a game. This isn't a lottery. All I've got to do is just say the word and you're going to be made well. And now, and then he goes on to say to the man after that, rise up your bed and walk. And later he says, see that, that you've been made well. Now sin no more lest the worst thing come upon you. And listen, there is, Jesus is, is looking to bring healing. He's looking to bring wholeness. One, so that he can be glorified and that he can get the honor that's due. But he's also looking to do that. Think about it. People that are already going to heaven are still being healed on this earth from sicknesses and diseases and ailments. Why is that so? They already claim Jesus is king. 
But Jesus is looking to heal people physically, emotionally, and, and everything else, not only so he can get the glory and the honor and that we can have people saved, but so that they can begin to now walk forward and live a life empowered and not marginalized and compromised by the things of this world that begin to ail them or begin to come at them or bring them down. That when we see Jesus bring healing in our lives in whatever way that that may be, that we should see that that is going to lift us up. That's going to give us a, a, a boost, if you will. That's going to give us the ability to move forward full of more faith and more energy and more vitality to be able to walk out the remainder of our days here on this earth that Jesus has left for us. And that's what he says. He says, look, see that you sin no more. He's just saying, look, don't do the things that you've been doing. Don't be making excuses anymore. Don't be looking to things that are of false hope. Just look to me and claim me as Lord and begin to move forward now in this life of new ability and new vitality that you've been given until the day comes when you go to be with me. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, right before this, right before this happens, Jesus did another act of healing. This is in chapter 4, actually in verse 48. And I save this till after because I want to show you here what happened. He says, Jesus said to this man, unless people see signs and wonders, they will no by no means believe. And this is a nobleman that he's talking to whose son is, is sick. And he's coming to Jesus and he's basically uh, pleading for him. And the nobleman said, sir, come down to my child before he dies. And Jesus said, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And then later he said, the, the people, when the father got home, they said, your son lives, and then he himself believed, and his whole household, his whole household. And so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about this today because God is stringing something up in me more and more and more about what we as a people and his church, how the demonstration of his power is going to look. If we really want to be a church that moves in the power and the presence of God on a regular basis, which make no mistake about it, that is absolutely what we want, then we can see and get an understanding of the atmosphere of things that will be happening as we continue to walk forward in that. Yes, people are going to be getting healed. Yes, people are going to be set free and delivered from all kinds of things. And as we can see here, it says, after the healing took place, the man, the son, and his whole household, what? Believed. They believed. Be it as it may, whether, however you see this, when people get healed, people believe. When people see someone set free, People enter the kingdom. It just is the way it goes. Jesus walked preaching the gospel and he healed people. He healed people. And as a result of the healing, people believed that he was who he said he was. And people are living right now in paradise with him because they believed after they saw an act of healing that Jesus did. Listen, I contend for a church that is relevant today that is relevant in the world we live in 
And let me just say that I think right now we are seeing more people, just like at this pool, we're seeing more people that are falling under ailments and conditions than the people that are actually being set free. And I am about tired of it. I am about tired of it because that's not the atmosphere that Jesus moved in and operated in. That's not the way that Jesus wanted us to, to build his church and move forward as his spirit flowed through that, right? Make no mistake, the healing power of Jesus Christ is almost like a dinner bell for the gospel. It just is. It just is. And I've been, listen, I've been kind of wrestling with this a little bit. Like, well, Jesus, it's all about you, you know, and I just want to see more people won. And I have come to the point where I realize that I need to, we need to, as a church, be contending for this healing power of God all the time. And if that's the way people get saved, then that's the way people get saved. If that's what leads them to believe in the power and the might of Jesus, then I am all for that. And I think that it is amazing that we get to serve a God who comes by his power and by his spirit and doesn't just say you get to be with me in paradise but he says pick up your bed and walk and be made well from the thing that's marginalizing this life that I created you to live in wholeness and in fullness and full of life Jesus came to give us life that so we can have it more abundantly the sick ailed paralyzed life is not the life of abundance that jesus was talking about that's why he brought forth the provision for that amen, amen. the power of god heals with all sufficiency you know we we, we like these people that are around this pool of false hope hoping that it's them listen today doctors they're about statistics they're about percentages what the odds are hey you've got about a 30 percent chance that you're gonna make it. you got about a 70 percent chance that you know you're gonna you're gonna live past 60 years old you've all of these percentages and chances I, I look I'm not knocking them I understand that they're their their profession but what I'm saying is that's not the way Jesus works Jesus heals with all sufficiency. There aren't percentages when he comes with his healing power. Ask Lazarus. He was all the way alive when he was raised from the dead. He wasn't like halfway alive, right? Jesus heals with all sufficiency. And it's not just physical. It's emotional. There's all kinds of brokenness that people suffer from. Right? There's hurts and wounds that go so deep that people rarely even speak about it. There's no counselor or psychiatrist oftentimes that can even make a dent in the wounds that people are walking around with. But there's a God that we serve, and his name is Jesus, and it says by his stripes we've been healed, and he's always willing, and he's always able, and he's always sufficient in everything that he chooses to do. And when he comes and he heals, people believe. Individuals, households, societies, they begin to believe, and the will and purposes of God are advanced 
on earth as they're intended in heaven. And we have to be a people that are constantly contending and looking for and desiring. When is God, when that moment and that time and every moment and every time Jesus chooses to move and he chooses to heal among us. When people are in a condition that we see and we recognize, well, this is a job for Jesus. Okay, well, I've got this going on. Well, this is a job for the God that I serve. I've got, I've got the answer. I know what we can do, right? Not, hey, let me refer you to this physician. I'm not saying don't do that, but do that after you pray for the person and believe for them to get healed, right? We have a, a, a family that comes to our church, and they come here to, to Waterloo uh, about once a month, the Garcia family. And i got to tell you, this is one of the greatest just examples of faith and contending for healing. Mr. Garcia, he was a, a doctor, and he, uh, he, he suffered a stroke, right, a number of years back, and he's been in a wheelchair since then. And every time we get around them, all they talk about is, yeah, when, when he gets healed, when he gets healed. Oh, yeah, we're believing for his healing. It may be tomorrow, you know. It may be today. I mean, that's all we, and this is after years and years and years. You talk about a contrast to what we're seeing in this story before Jesus comes in and does what he does. That's one of the greatest just lifters of my faith when I get around them and I see it's going to be at any moment and at any time. And their faith is always there and, and just pressing in for God to come and do what it is that he wants to do. And, and they believe that whenever he gets healed, that it's going to be across the whole area of Belleville where he used to work, where his reputation was very well known as a physician. That sure sounds a lot like God to me. Amen. Amen. And, and I was, boy, this is, whew, this is strong in me because, I mean, even this morning, guys, listen, even this morning, I had conversations with three or four people right now that physically are under attack. Something is threatening them, right? And I, actually, Ken and Judy, Ken's going for surgery, right, on Wednesday, Tuesday, and then Judy, she's they found some things, and they're, they're doing some tests now this week for her. My Uncle Rick, he's got some things with his kidneys that popped up. They're going to do some testing and stuff tomorrow. And I'm just like, this is, this is, <sighs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Look, I don't have another answer. I don't have another solution, but thank God the one that I do, I have all faith in, and it is fully able, fully capable, and he is fully willing at any given time, right? Carrie's sister, Carrie's sister, she's had this ear condition since she was like a little girl, right? And, uh, and Alex and Katie, they've been coming here since we started over in Waterloo a number of months ago. And, you know, we prayed for her. And I know that the family's been praying. And, and the, the prayers have never stopped, right? And, and this week, this week, I find out that she's healed. That she's healed. She can hear. The doctors have confirmed what Jesus did. They've said, listen, it's like like a young kid, right, or whatever that you're hearing, like a young kid again. And, and the, the other report before the healing was that she may, be, she may end up going deaf. And what really just, I guess, got me so excited was that when she got this, when she found out that she was healed, when she knew 
it wasn't like, oh, the doctors have done a great job, you know, or, and, and they have, I don't mean that. Or it was like immediately, Carrie even said, she's like, she knew that Jesus healed her. She knew it was definitive in her heart. And God is going to do so many more things through her life. He's going to do so many more great things. But look at the atmosphere that that healing was able to create now in that family and in all the things now that she's going to go on to do. And I guess that's just where my heart is today is, listen, Jesus came. I'm called to preach the gospel. I desperately want to see people in the kingdom of heaven. I want to help them hear the good news and do what I have been called to do. And I am very well aware of the fact that the atmosphere that God moves in, where people are believing upon his name, is an atmosphere where people are being healed and delivered and set free of all kinds of things that oppress people on this earth. And I am all for it. And I am as much in faith now as I've ever been, that we're going to contend for that and we're going to believe for that. And and there's all kinds of people and will continue to be all kinds of people that they need the good news of Jesus Christ and they also need some sort of healing physically, emotionally, or of any kind that it may be. And Jesus is no respecter of persons. He's unbiased. He just comes by his power and he does what only he can do.